welcome to the Jeans Bond Complex. I am Matt. I am Edgar. I am Jason Kim. And this means we are uh, the Jeans Bond Complex, uh, where we take on everything from Fleming to film and uh, everything in between. Oh, Ooh. well, yeah, sort of. Sort of. Uh, oh, oh, do you, you want to go uh, all, all together? <laughs> Uh, 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 let's sigh. Yeah. yeah. So emergency uh, recording on so, Halloween day. Yeah. On Halloween, yes. Well, we got uh, you can trick or you can treat. Mm, we got neither. It wasn't a trick, and it's certainly not a treat. No, no, no. Uh, Sir Sean uh, passed away this morning. Uh, you know, you. you, you let's you know it's it's sad but at the same time not unexpected the man was 90 years old and if you mm. saw, saw any pictures in recent years he didn't look uh in top shape uh he had a uh, person to help him uh, constantly he was using a cane at some time it's mm. it's really sad because i mean everyone that listens to our show is more than likely a Bond fan, so he's the first Bond, so it's... C'est pas, là. It sucks. I mean, uh, we all met George uh, three years ago, and just as George said, when when Roger passed at the time, or only two months after Roger passed at the time, uh, he said uh, it was a life well lived. It's not really hard. I mean, it's sad that he passed, but it's not like something to be sorrowful for. No, no. That's what... And that's kind of like how I am. I'm more sad that I never met him, like three other people in the James Bond community, but the three are AJ Chattery, uh, Billy Bonnard, and James Davies. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I echo those sentiments in, in the sense that, you know, when you've lived a life like Sir Sean Connery's, you know, because he was James Bond, because he's an Academy, Academy Award winner, because he was a great actor, beloved by many, uh, a man that, uh, you know, he 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 operated at the beat of his own drum, as I heard one uh, Pierce Brosnan I think say once, which was a great way of describing Sean Connery. Um, you know, it, yes, it's very sad. It certainly was strange. You know, won't get into detail the details of, of of like how and who we were with when we learned it, but it was like, wait, what? And I think we all sort of looked on our phones for a few minutes. So there was silence in the conversation online, and we are looking at our phones to say, is this for real? Um, but yeah, it's it's an extremely fulfilling life. Uh, he loved his golf. Uh, he loved choosing his own projects. You know, uh, I think Matt, the last time you were over a week or two ago, when we did some of the Halloween episodes or the the Halloween episode, we went for a stroll, and I think we were talking. I don't know why we started talking about Sean Connery, but we sort of agreed for a brief spell that it was like, you know what, he's made some. He made some pretty piss poor you know movie decisions as far as well, i'm going to do this movie rather than that movie but at the same time i kind of respect that you know it's he wasn't going to be influenced by maybe trends or what was popular he wanted to do the movies that he wanted to do and what he felt was the right decision i want to add on to that because uh, my friend from because like i i remember i'm reading this back in early 2000s as a teenager that uh sean connery was offered the role in Matrix, I don't know which role he would have been in Matrix, but he was offered the role of Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings mm. trilogy. And then the contract was set up where he would have earned like 15% of the trilogy's gross. And Jeez. and then and then knowing how the calculating how much those films earned, he would have earned 450 million dollars from those three films. That's completely insane. What kind of a contract is that? Would you? I look. I know it's Sean Connery, but. 15% of your grosses? I've never heard of that contract. I mean, I was shot, and then uh, he even, he, um, he said he didn't accept the role because he quote-unquote didn't understand the Lord of the Rings material. There's a lot and of then, that in his career. Uh, I don't understand. I'm not making that movie. And he, and he, but he did, uh, uh, what is it, humbly say, Ian McKellen did a brilliant job. I still don't understand those films. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he straight up said. Then, and uh, so he turned out 450 million. I'm not. I'm sure he was financially well off, but he turned out almost half half a billion dollars. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I remember there's an old, I think it's on the Diamonds DVD where he's being interviewed and he says, uh, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, I haven't watched Diamonds special features in a while, but he says something to the effect of, you know, there are two things I really have been coveting for a while now. It's like a golf course and a bank and either had his golf course or his bank and he was well on his way to getting the other one so like i don't need james bond anymore <laughs> 12, 12 years later lo and behold but that's another story um yeah it's, it's do we have any uh you know obviously we're all we're all part of this show we founded this show and we're all friends because of james bond but are there maybe some non-james bond roles that really strike us uh jason for instance oh yeah actually uh Sean Connery was not my first Bond, or nor was his Bond movies the first films I got introduced to. Uh, for me, as a, I'm 32 years old, by the way, so as a kid who grew up in the 90s and 2000s, The Rock, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones' Last Crusade, mm-hmm. and The Untouchables, when they used to play it constantly on tur- uh, TBS Turner Systems, uh, those three films are the staple of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I watched... And I watched those three films countless times. I was actually wa- watching The Rock before I even joined the show. <laughs> and, mm. and I remember uh, in third grade, you know, we watched. I watched Indiana Jones: Last Crusade for the upteenth time at the time. And my friend said, "Oh, you know who uh, Indiana Jones' father is? It's Sean Connery." I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know who that is. Who's Sean Connery?" And they're like, <laughs> "You know, he's the first James Bond actor." And then a couple of days later, after that, I remember I was watching Never Say Never Again with my dad. And mm. I looked up the year when Never Say Never Again came out. I mean, as a third grader, I liked Never Say Never Again. It still has its charms, but I was like, there's only six year diff. And I remember as a third grader, I was like, there's only a six year difference <laughs> between Never Say Never Again and Last Crusade. I was like, how, how, how did he age so much? Like, that, that's true. <laughs> but, but, but the numbers don't make sense. Yeah. Well, I think, wasn't he, isn't he like five years older than Harrison Ford or something like that? Like 12, 12, 12, 11, 12, yeah, something like that. But they made the chemistry work, and I, I mean, it was, I mean, it's still believable to this day. But I, I still remember thinking, I was like, I was like, I was like, he, he aged that much in six years. Was, as a third grade, that's what, that's what, that's what I remember. I remember being really confused by that. Well, I think Sean Connery was from an age and a time when, uh, you know, you and me, Jason, we sometimes shoot the shit about F45s and our exercise regimes and what we eat and all that. You know, Sir Sean Connery, he was from a different era. Mind you, he was a Mr. Bronze medalist, I found out this morning, in a Mr. Universe uh, competition. So no slouch. But, you know, (laughs) when he's not when he wasn't doing his Mr. Universe stuff, you know, he 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 lived at a time when, you know, it was perfectly normal to drink like a fish and smoke like a chimney. So, yeah, he did age (laughs) fast, (laughs) but he looked good still. He looks still look good. But, yeah, as as far as. You look at him and never say never again. And to this day, I continue arguing. He doesn't look that bad. He looks kind of in shape and never say never again. And then, yeah, like six years later, he's playing Indiana Jones as a dad. It's like, wow, what happened there? Uh, or another they, got, one. they got rid of the never, never say never again makeup. <laughs> yeah. Or something else that gets me is like in Untouchables, which is a role that when he, where he plays the cop Jimmy Malone, uh, he plays a very tough hard-nosed cop and and in indiana jones he plays a frail i mean he's supposed to be older so he plays a frail character so i was like wow he went from a very tough badass to like completely 180 the other direction and then so that always intrigued me about his acting and and as i was watching the rock again um i was in the scene where he first where we first see sean connery like he first comes out of prison and then they're like Mm -hmm. we have a problem uh, there's 81 tour, 81 tours held hostage at the Rock, and he's, and his the way he says is like the Rock has turned into a, a tour center now, like his, his screen presence is just so brilliant. <laughs> I know I blocked the line, but 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 Matt, uh, you're a huge fan of John McTiernan and Hunt for the Red October as a whole. What do you uh, say? Um, share your thoughts on that. On the, I'd love to, to talk a bit about uh, actually uh, the Untouchables and also Indiana Jones because I, I actually uh, am also a fan of those uh, first because um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade uh, it's it, you know I think it for a lot of men it it it's the ultimate dad movie to me um, I I can mm. I I can relate 
I, as a kid, I really related to Indiana Jones. Oh, that does, doesn't understand me. It's very teenage way of thinking, but it, it, you, you can see where that type of relation can lead to, uh, when you don't talk to your, to, to, to your older father and try to understand and try to make him understand you. Uh, I, I really like that movie. I, I, I love their bickering. Um, so, some of the exchange when he's talking about, um, oh, you, you weren't there about, and okay, so you, you want to talk? Let's talk. What do you want to talk about? And Indiana Jones doesn't, has nothing to say. <laughs> And then there's a, few, there's a few jokes when they they learn they both slept with uh, actually a yes. blonde girl. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm as I'm as guilty as the next man. Oh, the problem, I was the next man. <laughs> oh, that's such a good moment, and and it is kind of a little wink wink to guys James Bond. It's like <laughs> <laughs> and then you have also the Untouchables. You bring a knife. To uh, they bring a knife, you bring a gun. They send one of your guys to the hospital. They send one of theirs to the morgue. That's the Chicago, the Chicago I way. Love, I love that line. Now, I need to watch, rewatch that movie tonight too. I, I have, I bought this, the 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 LP recently, and I love the Ennio Morricone. I'm gonna mess up his name. Or Ennio Morricone. Thank you. It's, I have, it's music. I have his LP too, right ne- next to me. <laughs> uh, it's it's such a brilliant album, and his character. He won the Academy, and for good reason. It's such a fantastic character. He's sort he's sort of a white ass, and he's sort of coaching uh, Kevin, Costner. Kevin Costner. Uh, and the the scene the, the, uh, when they're um, he's uh, sort of he has one of the goons that's uh, that actually was killed during the the, the raid that they do uh, in, at the Canadian frontier. And he's picking up and it's like, oh, you want to talk? You want you uh, you don't want to talk? Oh, I'll make you talk. And eventually he pulls a gun and blows his, the corpse's brains out. <laughs> it's messed up. It's, like, it's such a good scene. But yeah, uh, Red October. What a freaking good movie. And you know, back in the day, they lean heavily, heavily on the for the marketing on Sean Connery. He's on the freaking posters these days. They mm. put Alec Baldwin back in, uh, but. <laughs> Time to change that again. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it's 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 both of them. But Sean Connery is such a fantastic presence, and he's, you know, he, he, it never it never like as a kid, I watched that movie often in French. Actually, I owned the VHS for a while before buying the 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 uh, before and retiring the um the 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 VHS copy, and that's a movie I used to watch in French. And it's only when I watch it on with the original voices, I'm like, huh, he speaks with a Scottish accent, but it's still it it doesn't bother me. It's it's really, uh, you know, I think he he said that you know if you're you're playing the character right, whether he has an accent or not, it's not gonna bother you, and it doesn't. It's 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 such a great portrayal, and it's he's so charismatic in that role. yeah, and yeah. then uh, I st- and just to not to piggyback too off, but uh, I know Neil Morricone, uh, who's composed the Untouchables, he passed away this year. So mm, just to add, true, yeah. just to yeah. add how much of a travesty 2020 is. But yeah. uh, but to add on to what uh, what I was saying is uh, it. Gosh, what was I gonna say? <laughs> Sorry. We're, so, we're so overtaken with emotion, Jason. It's fine. We understand you. Uh, I, uh, go ahead, man. One thing I just <laughs> remembered before we recorded, and I'm like, oh, that, that was fun. It, and it's the silliest thing. Uh, have you guys watched Saturday Night Live in the early 2000s, late 1990s? Or There are clips online. Uh, the, uh, Will Ferrell, when he was still on the show, he did uh, what they called Celebrity Jeopardy. And he always oh, had yeah. recurring like the actors doing portrayals and there was this one guy I don't know who he is uh, but he he did Sean Connery as this vulgar mm-hmm. older man and it was Very brilliant good, yeah. and it's just I, I I remember laughing at those and I hope they're good yeah they're really oh yeah good. I remember that those in college too and uh, I think there's one of them goes uh, what's the it's the sound a dog makes and you know none of them get it and Trebek played by Will Ferrell, we would have expected, we would have accepted uh, something like Bow Wow or Rough, to which Connor replies, Rough, just the way your mother likes it, Trebek. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those, those, those were fun. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
And uh, what else? I mean, just to add on to his other credits outside of his iconic role is I still have yet to see League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. (laughs) But I'll I'll watch that tonight for the first time. And Finding Forrester was an excellent film. I think I I saw the whole thing. We were talking about that, me and Matt, before we we, we met up with you, Jason, earlier uh, for for today's episode. And I've seen sequences. I don't think I've seen the whole thing, though. But I liked what I saw. I'm the same way with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but I'll probably watch it for the first time in full today. And obviously before Bond, he was in a Disney musical called Darby O'Gill, which is on Disney Plus right now. Yeah, I, I was thinking of getting, you know, what's that called? The Mandalorian playing right now. So I was like, ah, I might as well pick it up and just watch that movie tonight. I don't know if I will, but I've considered it. Oh, no, it's, I think it's a good investment, especially right now because everyone's stuck at home. And another, just to add on to his filmography, Marnie, which is the film he did with yeah. Hitchcock, yeah. set in yeah. my hometown in Baltimore. So that's yes, my- yes, it's an interesting movie. It's funny. I was I get another thing I was telling Matt earlier today. Uh, a couple months back, I bought uh, because I sold off my Blu-ray set. Genius. I uh, repurchased the Hitchcock collection, uh, not a complete collection, but a par- fairly significant one on iTunes, and that was one, actually one of the first ones I. I, I, I watched one night, uh, it was about a month ago, two months ago, and, uh, he's, he's, it's a very interesting character in Marnie. He, he's definitely not playing James Bond, but it's a very interesting character. It's, uh, it's definitely worth the watch. It's a different Hitchcock. It's not so much a thriller. It's more of a, whatever you, not even, not, no, there's no real murder in it. It would be, you know, if you could put in your headspace an early 60s version of what a sexual psycho thriller would be, that's what it is. But early 60s version yeah. of what a sexual psycho thriller would be. Yeah, but it's very interesting. It's interesting. And after Di- after his uh, Bond tenure and after Diamonds, uh, he did some very excellent work such as uh, Man, uh, The Man Who Be King, which he co-starred with Michael Caine. And mm-hmm. uh, Based on the book written by Rudyard Kipling, mm. uh, Murder on the Orient Express, where he plays the Colonel. I gotta and watch that. I'm dying to watch that. He co-stars with that with none other than, than Albert Finney, who played Kincaid in Skyfall. So, like mm-hmm. we say, from Fleming to film and everything yes. in between, it comes back to Fleming. <laughs> and, as, and another film, another favorite film of mine called A Bridge Too Far about Operation Nimrod. No, not not Operation Nimrod. Operation, uh, uh, well, I forget. Bridge. It's about, it, it takes place in Holland and he plays a two star general and with a huge ensemble of like A list actors. And unfortunately, the one A list actor who wasn't available but was casted originally was Sir Roger Moore. And they would have shared scenes in that film together, but, but it was more like Spy, it was like Spy Who Loved Me was running over course. So they're like, Hey, Edward Fox, you did Jackal. Go play uh, what was meant for Roger Moore. So. Oh, you know. Yes. No, no disrespect to Edward Fox, but so close. Roger yes. Moore and Sean on the same screen. So close. Well, uh, I bet they're enjoying heaven together right now. I, I, I don't know who tweeted this, but I thought it was very, very nice. Uh, I should have quoted it, but somebody on Twitter said, you know, heaven is in good hands. And it was a picture of... Uh, one of the many times Roger and, and Sean were seen together in public. Um, there was some, oh, another early 70s. I believe, I want to say, uh, you know, listeners will tweet at us saying, you're wrong. I want to say this is the movie that was part of the deal he made with United Artists that got him back for Diamonds Are Forever, but he made a movie called The Offense, um, in which he plays a drunkard, uh, frustrated, uh, Scottish, uh, detective and, uh, there's a serial serial killer uh, who whom they believe to have caught, or at least Connery's character is damn sure they've caught the guy, and he wants a confession, and he makes sure he tries to get the confession. Very, especially if you've just watched Diamonds Are Forever, then you watch that, it's like, oh, that's not James Bond. Very interesting movie too. <laughs> a little rough around the edges, but it's an interesting movie. The Offense. Yeah, one another- of oh, go, go ahead, Jason. And then okay. uh, speaking of detectives, uh, I, I can't. I think the title was called Just Cause. I mean, but it's a movie where he plays a detective with none other than Lawrence Fishburne, 
and Kate Capshaw, who is now Mrs. Steven Spielberg, where he he's like an old lawyer, old detective or lawyer who's trying to defend a black kid who got wrongfully framed for a crime that he didn't commit by Lawrence Fishburne and kind of defending that and the twist and turns and the premise was fine, but then the twist was kind of weak and the film ended up being kind of mediocre. But if you want a Connery film that you never watch, I think it's worth a watch. All right. Uh, Mac, you were going to say something? Um, I was going to say something, but Jason reminded me. There's another one he did. I think it's called Rising Sun. I think it's based on a Michael Crichton novel of all things. And it's uh, about two detectives, Sean Connery and another black detective, sort of... uh, Wesley Snipes investigating the the same yeah played by Wesley Snipes uh, and it's I think it's uh, it starts with the, the murder of uh, I, I'm not sure if she's a prostitute but she she gets strangled and they find the body and he the he investigates that's another like detective movie I, with him I'd like to see um, watch now and there's another one 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 so kitschy so fantastically fantastically awkward. It was shot by the same <laughs> DP who, uh, who who did Superman the movie, and it has a, this gl- sort of gl- it's sort of glossy. I don't know what to say, how to say it, but it has its own look. Zardoz. Oh yeah, like the <laughs> the penis penis is evil type of thing, and with the floating head and mm. the diaper that he wears, it just looks bizarre. The guy had no like. He, he didn't care. Like, I'm going to make the movie, and I, I'm committing to the, the red diaper. It's brilliant. <laughs> I sometimes question some of uh, Connery's decisions, because uh, he also co-starred as the villain in The Avengers with none other than yeah. Ray Fiennes and Uma mm-hmm. Thurman. And that oh. movie, from what I understand, like, the director and the producers got into clash, and the producers cut the movie, cut a, what it was, 160 made a movie down to an 85 minute movie and released it that way and I don't think anyone was happy with it. Uh, but you know you can look at it up in pay, on paper it's the Avengers the reboot uh, Uma Thurman Ray Fiennes uh, we're trying to do this 60s type of thing and plus we, we got the original James Bond on paper it sounds super mm. cool. Yeah. It's kind of mis- a miserable movie yeah, and he's weird in it the part when they and it and it's not done like the the show was weird, but the movie is incoherent. It's not weird. It just makes no sense. It's unpleasant to watch because you're like you're there's no logic to the, the detective aspect of the case that uh, Emma Peel and John Steed are investigating. It's just like oh this happened and then this happened and the end. Really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh, Matthew summarized that film very well. Like you guys could skip the Avengers just. Just listen to Matthew's quick synopsis. <laughs> drive-by. It's a drive-by shooting. Oh, I want to do right. a show on that, though, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys that. drink a lot for that. But I do, before uh, before I forget, I do want to read uh, Nicola Sturgeon, who is the Scottish Prime Minister, her tweet as a tribute to Sean Connery. Uh, I was heartbroken to learn this morning of the passing of Sir Sean Connery. Our nation today mourns one of her best-loved sons. Sean was born into a working-class Edinburgh family and, through talent and sheer hard work, became an international film icon and one of the world's most accomplished actors. Sean will be remembered best as James Bond, the classic 007, but his roles were many and varied. He was a global legend and, first and foremost, a patriotic and proud Scot. His towering presence at the opening of the Scottish Parliament in 1999 showed his love for the country of his birth. Sean was a lifelong advocate of an independent Scotland, and those of us who share that belief owe him a great debt of gratitude. It was a privilege to have known Sean. When I last spoke to him, it was clear even then that his health was failing, but the voice, the spirit, and the passion that we all loved so well were still there. I will miss him. Scotland will miss him. The world will miss him. My thoughts and condolences are with Micheline, the children, and all the family. Rest in peace, Sir Sean Connery. Very nice, very nice. And uh, no, it's it's you know it, obviously yeah, she's the prime she's the prime minister of Scotland. She's obviously going to bring up his his fight for that uh, that country's um, in, in independence. And yeah, that really was a big fact. He that that he he really did fight for that in in the latter years of his of his lifetime. They uh, did they not have um, 
they had a referendum in 2015, yeah. and it, it was actually pretty close. So it was a lot more close than people thought. And and speaking of that, uh, when I was in Scotland, uh, you know, I was doing the full tour of Edinburgh, the city, and one of the stops that we made during the tour was I don't know the name of the church, but is the church where Sh- Sean Connery got knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. <laughs> Because, like, I remember, like, you know, we did the full tour, like, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like, you know, like, everything about Scotland. Uh, William Wallace played by Braveheart, mm-hmm. in yeah. Braveheart from Mel Gibson. But in the, when we got to the church, the tour guide stopped and says, who is everyone's favorite James Bond actor? And then, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah, he said, this is where Sir Sean Connery got knighted. <laughs> in Scotland, you have to say, yeah. who's your favorite James Bond? <laughs> Sean Connery. <laughs> So a bit of a lo- if you're walking the streets of Edinburgh, that's a bit of a loaded question. You best not answer anything else. <laughs> you, better, you better not ask, answer anything else at a pub. Yeah. Yeah, certainly not. The streets, maybe you might survive. You probably won't survive a pub. But uh, no, I mean, bless his heart. He, he's good. Actually, you read a tweet from this uh, Scottish Prime Minister. Daniel has sent out a statement, uh, which uh, the official 007 Twitter account, not just their Twitter account, I'm sure they published it everywhere. But um So Daniel Craig had uh, this to say, Sir Sean Connery will be remembered as Bond and so much more. He defined an era and a style. The wit and charm he portrayed on screen could be measured in megawatts. He helped create the modern blockbuster. He will continue to influence actors and filmmakers alike for years to come. My thoughts are with his family and loved ones. Wherever he is, I hope there's a golf course. (laughs) That's That's brilliant. That that, that was a very... Yeah, it's uh, I guess I'm not exactly sure where to go from here. Do we want to talk a little bit? I mean, not that we haven't done this before, but do we want to talk a little bit about him as James Bond? We've sort of circled the wagon with with his non-Bond roles and oh, some yeah. tweets. And uh, do we have any thoughts, uh, brief ones, because we could go on for six hours oh, about yeah. James Bond? But uh, sort of any 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 drive-by feelings about uh, him as 007? I mean, there used to be a quote in England. That said, because, uh, you know, back when, I mean, obviously there have been many iterations of James Bond since, you know, with Timothy Pierce and Daniel, of course. But at the time when it was always like, who do you like better, Roger or Sean? And that's what the whole Never Say Never Again octopusy kind of mm-hmm. d- debate was, because, like, who are you going to go see? And the I remember the famous quote back then was, uh, men wanted to be Sean Connery, woman, want, woman loved and wanted to be with Roger Moore. <laughs> I don't know, but that was always true. But I can I can sort of appreciate the sentiment. You know, I I, I go back to um, I think it's uh, shoot Mankiewicz, uh, Tom Mankiewicz, yeah, uh, screenwriter. I don't remember which DVD bonus feature, but uh, one of the ones he obviously wrote, and he sort of elaborates on the difference between writing for Roger and writing for Sean. James Bond walks in a room with a beautiful woman. If you're writing for Roger, he will make love to her. If you're writing for Sean, he could make love to her. He could kill her though. That was a pretty big distinction to make, and that that was how he played the role. You didn't know what was going to happen when he walked in a room. Yeah, he was a little bit unpredictable. You know, I've been, you know, I I, I was on the Amazon earlier I, when I found out that, that about his passing. I'm like, oh, I, you know what? I have George on my wall. I have uh, Roger on my wall. I don't have Sean, so I'm like, mm. I or I actually ordered a poster. I uh, ordered nice. the uh, Doctor No poster and. You know, I've 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 been looking at a few pictures on Instagram, and a lot of people are showing pictures of uh, Sean Connery. I saw a few of him uh, shooting Doctor No, and I realized something just by hearing him talk. It's probably the movie that he had the most fun making because he that, like it, he was fresh. He was probably super excited about being James Bond. Copyright Joe Darlington. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it's 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 amazing. Like okay, when he's, you're, we're talking about it when he's uh, sort of walking on his ends with uh, Ursula Andress. Um, he, th- there are shots when he's sort of making faces. I think that's from from Doctor. You have shots of him, um, you know, just on the beach and looking cool and relaxed. It just, it, it, to me, it's mm. the, it is the. It's, I don't know if it's my, it's the best, but it's a movie I go. 
I internally go back to Doctor No. I love that movie, and it's just it, it it's also on our on our uh, on our card. You when you look at the uh, yeah. the the, the, mm-hmm. the the business card, I use the dots from Doctor No. So it's a it's a special movie. And honestly, do you have a movie that uh, you relate a little bit more to when you think about Sean Connery? Is there something you want to? discuss or well, that's a good question that's is there a, a movie we really yeah that's a that's a that's a they're good on you matt is there one i relate to more jason do you have i might have one in mind do you have one in mind uh i'd say uh i would relate more to from russia with love and thunderball thunderball because my middle school teacher's in it so that's kind of a default answer hmm. he's in the scene he actually met sean connery in his in his prime and because like they're like hey because like he was vacationing in the bahamas and they're like Hey, we need some extras and we need people to help set up pop, fake palm trees. Will you do it? I know the triple pay for itself. He was like, yeah, as a 25 year old, <laughs> as a 25 year old guy vacationing in the Bahamas. He was like, hell yeah. And then, so yeah, Thunderball for sure. And the stuff, and that's, and me and Kyle Barbeau and have talked about this a lot. It's one of the sartorial, sartorially Connery's best. I mean, oh, all this. The gray, the, the gray suit in the Bahamas. I, I, I can mimic that all day and, from Russia, I would love to Sartor- sartorially as well, but mostly be- the main reason why I relate to From Russia with Love for Connery the most is because I love the PS2 video game for From Russia with Love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I told I already told Edgar that, but I was I've I've, I've been the, the past two days I've been replaying that game trying to get the the uh, hundred per- like everything unlock and I I was playing just last night I was. I was Sean Connery. I was beating mm. bad guys and knocking them down, shooting them, and it's like I was like, oh, they they need to make another one like that. And oh, lo and behold, uh, he he did say it was his favorite uh, Bond film that he did from the six or seven, if you want to count. I'm and, sure that's why they they pick that movie to make a video game out of. If they said uh, Diamonds Are Forever, I'm pretty sure he would have said, <laughs> hell no, hell no. <laughs> And then, uh, even like watching, cause I watched making of commentaries just like you guys and watching the commentary on the making up the From Rush of Love, the video game. Cause you know, like mm. he has, he for the longest time had spites against the Broccoli family, but he generally looked like he was having fun making the From Rush of, or voicing for From Rush of Love. He's like, I am back to play James Bond again. I'm making my video game debut. Maybe there's more to come. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Correct me if I'm wrong. Since you played it the last couple of days, Matthew, they did a pretty good job at really making it feel like you're playing oh, Connery yeah. on his stance and the way he tackles it, people and stuff like that. It's yep. an amazing game. I honestly, I was replaying it and I'm like, you know, they need to do like they do like remastered version of games. This is a game you need to remaster. Uh, like they need to find a studio to pick up that license because uh they, yeah it's it's such like the way he shoots he's always shooting from the, the hip like he does he did in movie mm. yeah uh, mm-hmm. like all his movements the way he fights it's very he grabs people and he slams them and it's it, it feels like it's so badass just the Every aesthetic of the the buildings, you go in an office, it looks like an office from the 1960s. I, I found out, like, I was playing it, I'm like, oh, there's a coffee machine. Can I interact with it? Oh, I can. <laughs> he's, pouring, <laughs> he's pouring coffee. And it's an, old, like, yep. it's an old machine, so it's, oh, oh that's cute. Um, yeah, I've been replaying the first level because I'm trying to unlock the uh, Bond moment. But I think you need to shoot down the, the helicopter very quickly. I haven't figured out how to do that yet, but it's, uh, yeah, it's such a great game. Uh, two things I want to add about the From Russia with Love video game is you get to drive an Aston Martin DB5 with all the gadgets. Mm. And second is uh, in each level, every level that is, you can change Connery's outfit to your liking. So let's say if you're like playing in the Istanbul train station where he meets Red Grand, you could change it from the gray suit to the ivory white tuxedo, <laughs> if, if you feel like it. Or, no, no, I know it's it, it's like playing with dolls. I've I've done that uh, many many times. There's the final level when you, you infiltrate. I put this covert outfit because in the animatics that's not what he wears, and it, I'm like that doesn't make sense. He should wear the infiltration suit. So I'm like going in as 
took like, a covert Sean Connery from Goldfinger, and I'm shooting down yep. the bad guys. Nice. I, oh, but MD- sometimes, oh, sometimes I just change the outfits just 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 for the hell of it. Go, go. Sorry, I cut you off. Uh, there, yeah, I was talking about the the final level because the thing is that the yes, it technically it's supposed to be uh, from Russia with love the video game, but the like you said, they have the uh, the DB5, and also the end. You have you infiltrate uh, Spectre Island, but it looks more like you. It's a it's a volcano base with a rocket ship, and it's it's just brilliant that the, all all the design. You have a giant globe. It looks like Ken Adams just designed uh, that world. It's such a great game. And it's it's a shame they never uh, made another one after that because this well, no they made the GoldenEye Rogue Agents but really it, <laughs> a, a game of that type you have Eon everything or nothing and you have this one and they're both fantastic game and I oh praying to the video game guns that uh, somebody picks up the license or Eon starts a video game studio to make Bond games because um, they that needs to happen. That definitely needs to happen, and uh, you know, you know what's great about Sean Connery? So many people can do a more than decent uh, impression of him that if they were ever to decide to make a video game starring Sean Connery from the 1960s, they have probably like a catalog of actors they can pick (laughs) and be Sean Connery. Inspiration marks. And thus his legacy would live, live on. I mean, you'd, you'd license his, his likeness from the family, the estate, and I'm pretty sure they'd be up for it because it keeps him and his cash alive. Man, bring us more bond. You, you can do, you know what? You could do, oh, there, there, there I go, like my, uh, <laughs> I just lost my mind. But you go, you do a <laughs> computer animated movie, a James Bond movie. With a CGI Sean Connery, doesn't it need to be perfectly realistic? It's it's not Avatar, but you can do a, like a video game level, like a media, a little bit cartoony version of James Bond, and it's Sean Connery, and it's has it has his voice and has the '60s look. Uh, that's something. Oh, I, I don't know, man. I'm just. Uh, there's another video game where you could play as Sean Connery, but there's no voice to it, unfortunately. It's called Lego Indiana Jones, and you can because like <laughs> I love the I, I personally love the Lego games, especially. Oh, they're the they're amazing. It just I it's I I would not have thought about that game, but you're no because right. like you because like uh, Star Wars, it's set up it's the gameplay set up like or the user interface is set up like to have the Lego Star Wars where like you play a level from each film and mm. and. I, Lego Indiana Jones has three level, three films. Obviously, we don't count the fourth one for obvious reasons. But and so, but it's like an RPG game where you switch between characters for different roles. And in the Last Crusade portion, you can play as Sir Sean Connery. Nice. Or, or no, they have Doctor Henry Jones, or specifically Doctor Henry Jones Senior. Doctor Henry Jones Senior, absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. I didn't know that. I haven't played the Lego games, so oh, but, but that's pretty cool. They're fun multiplayer games too. Anything else about uh, Sir Sean Connery? You know, it's. Oh, uh, I do have one thing up. Is uh, is uh, I in in some ways maybe it's a silver lining. It's maybe it's a good thing that no time to die got delayed from November to April because uh, now the editors can go into the film and say tribute. Yes. <laughs> memory of Sir Roger Moore and Sean Connery instead of just Roger Moore. They need to they need to add that line. Yeah, that's quite crazy. Huh? Since the last film, we've lost uh, we I mean we've lost a, a, a laundry list of, of Bond alumni, but uh, at the top of the list, we've we've lost two Bonds. It's quite two, stunning two, to two Bonds. We lost two Bonds, and this year alone, we lost two Bond girls, Diana Rigg and Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this uh, yeah, 2020 is uh, you know F U C K, but yeah, this is man, yeah, Pussy, Tracy, and Bond are all gone. Jesus. I mean, Domino's last year, but this year alone just took out every. It's taking, it's taking no prisoners. And we uh, we have uh, what's your name from the beginning of Goldfinger? I forget. Uh, uh Martina Beswick. No, 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 no. something uh, Kim no, Nolan, no. something. Uh, yeah, something Kim Margaret Margaret Nolan, right? No. Margaret Nolan, yeah. yeah. Oh. She passed away too. Because I, yeah. I knew that because uh, the reason I found that was because I follow Edgar Wright, not, oh, I follow your, 
your uh, mm-hmm. Instagram to Edgar. Don't don't get me wrong, but uh, well, thank Edgar you, Wright, Jason. <laughs> I hope so. Hmm? Edgar Wright uh, posted a is very good about tributes for his actors and the film that he, his last film, his latest film he made called uh, Last Night in Soho, which co-stars Diana Rigg in a major role. Mm-hmm. Apparently, mm-hmm. Kim Nolan has a has a more than a cameo role in that film too. Is it so, Kim or Margaret? I think it's Kim. Okay, let's let's <laughs> let's Wikipedia. Uh, Man talk. Right. <laughs> 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 but anyway, but uh, she, but she's in the film with Diana Rigg, so Edgar Wright directed two past Bond girls in one she's, film. She's also the girl in the uh, opening credits of Goldfinger, if I'm. Uh, not wrong. Uh, yeah, she lends her body to the. Uh, I mean, quite literally, she lends her body to the to the visual uh, to the visuals in that title sequence. It, it's Margaret. It's not Kim. It's Margaret. Uh, thanks for getting it right, though. <laughs> Sorry, it's in a competition, but and I bet I was like, mm. it, it it irked me because I'm like I don't think I have Kim Novak in my brains for some reason. <laughs> That's Hitchcock. That's I know, I know, I know. I'm like. It, well, it's easy uh, to have Kim Novak on the brains, but uh. yeah, did him. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Don't don't watch League of Extreme Gentlemen. It's it's, it's not uh, you know it's not his best movie. Actors never end on like oh uh, that performance was amazing. It's always a shitty shitty role that they they picked uh, to pay the rent or just because their agent told them. In that case, I mean. I, I think it's his last movie because the production of that movie was miserable. If it, if it didn't, it was if it didn't go because it's notorious for that. They had multiple uh, issues on the set for because of weather, and he fought with the director. That director, like Stephen Norrington, hasn't directed a movie since. It, so it was a hmm. pretty messy so, production. Yeah. So he had a he had a few just like what he did with uh, Jack Schwartzman and Never Say Never Again because like. Cause you never, cause like, I always, I mean, I said this in Toronto to many of the people who were talking to both Kyle Joe and Steven, I forget who does up uh, bond on this day is like, so we'll, every interview, so, so, so we'll yeah, yeah. Every interview I've seen Connery and I've seen a lot of Connery interviews. I have never heard him say anything good about never saying there again. Like <laughs> I, even at the premiere, he didn't even look like he, he was having fun. Like, mm. I mean, I watch interviews with, uh, untouchables or indiana jones last crusade like he talks highly of he talks reaps of praise for harrison ford and steven spielberg for their professionalism and getting things right but like yeah. never say never again like he made it clear he hated jack schwartzman and kevin mccory because they really didn't know what they were doing and in some ways as much as he hated the broccoli family at least he learned he learned from never say never again as much as he hates the broccoli family at least the broccoli family are professionals and know what mm. they're doing yeah, yeah. Well, there's a very touching story that I think Barbara relates in the uh, uh, what's it, uh, Everything or Nothing documentary about uh, the day that, uh, or not the day, but anyways, Cubby was on his deathbed. Let's put it that way. And uh, I think they had there was a brief phone conversation between Cubby and 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 Sean Connery, where at that very last moment they sort of patched it up, you know. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, that was a nice little moment in that documentary. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, I look I it's 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 a bizarre debriefing. It's 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 not the debriefing I wanted to have, but yeah, no, no, it's it's you know it's but I guess you sort of have to. He's the OG. I mean, obviously, you know, the obvious thing to do is to watch some Bond movies, and I will. Non-Bond movies. I think Matthew, you suggested Outland. I'll check that out. I've always wanted to see his Murder on the Orient Express, so I think I'll watch that as well. Um, did he do some Highlander movie or is that Outland? Uh, he did Outland both. and Highlander. Yeah, he did both actually. Okay. Uh, but Highland, I haven't seen Outland. And Highlander Two, mm. which is but, the, one uh, of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> <laughs> and he was paid like watching. a lot of money, a lot of money. I think it was four, it was four million dollars for like a week's work, compared to like the first one where he's. Uh, he, he was seen as an has-been when he brought him back for the sequence. Like, uh, you're going to pay me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did. Yeah. 
I'll, I'll still, I'm still going to watch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Just, just it's the that. last one, you know. Yeah, it's the last one. It's his last film role. We never saw him on the silver screen again. I, I, I understand. I, I don't have very fond memories of it, but I can sort of, I can understand why. It's, it's, you know, there, there aren't any more after that. So it's. You know. I mean, I saw, I watched The Rock after, before this, and The Rock is amazing. So I just go from that to. I think I'll revisit The Rock. I keep telling myself, oh, I've been Rock. telling myself for a long time I need to revisit that. I think that's what I'm going to do. Uh, I don't know about tonight or tomorrow, but I think I'll revisit The Rock. It's a Hans Zimmer score too. Yes, and a good Hans Zimmer score. Yeah, it's one of I... Michael B's best movie. Mm. Probably his best movie. Mm-hmm, probably. Because he he didn't uh, he didn't write the script, and there's no adolescent humor. It's it's a. Uh, and, and and Nicolas Cage is brilliant in that movie. He's just he is. He's he actually fun. is. And I and I would say Ed Harris is one of the best. Ed Harris's character in that film is one of the best written villains ever. Yeah, he's believable. I, I need to rewatch oh, it. Like all those de- all those details are have totally escaped me. I know I've seen it. I'm a dude. But like all those details have escaped me. I really need to revisit that. I, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Any guy who lived in the 90s watched The Rock. That movie was amazing. Oh, yeah. It's a classic 90s movie. Yeah. All right. I think we're That's done. That's all I have. Yeah, same here. So, uh, Edgar, um, I, I'm getting a te- – I'm not doing that. I just th- – <laughs> You know, I'm, I, I, on other shows, I would do the we have people, but you know, it's, it's with Sir Sean passing, I'm I'm not feeling it. But um, you know, I can actually, oh. you know what, you know what, I got the the card in front of us. I can actually do it myself. So I have all the the um, the, the social media platforms where we can be followed. So uh, if you like what you're listening to, you can also join us on Facebook at the James Bond Complex, on Instagram at the Bond Complex, uh, on Twitter on the, at the Bond Complex. Oh, I'm messing up. Still, uh, <laughs> You're reading a card. And, and you know, I'm, I'm looking at the, the logos. What's this logo? Oh, God. Um, uh, on Instagram at the James Bond Complex. And we're, we also own the URL thejamesbondcomplex.com, which is also our Tumblr account. Uh, that we have on Tumblr. It's, it's, it's a website that masquerades uh, as a Tumblr. And Jason, please remind the, the Bond community where your account can be uh, seen. Uh, you can your, find me yeah, on... Yeah, your handle, actually. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at jasxon88, and I will be posting... I have posted a lot of Sean Connery tributes today, but you'll find another Bond tribute tomorrow. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Is, 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 it, is it a bring me down or a pick me up? It's a pick me up because oh, it's, mem- it's a good memory. It's a good, good. memory. Uh, you, you can also listen to our show as well. We're on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google. Uh, I, shouldn't, I need to stop saying iTunes. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Anchor.fm. Comme on dit d'habitude, merci. À la prochaine. Toujours un plaisir. 들어줘서 감사합니다. 안녕히 계세요. 아리가토 마테네. Very good. Very good. Stop the recording. I know the last couple of times we did some Skype recordings, Matt. Your, your recording sort of bailed on you. Mine's fine. Do you have yours? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Okay. Everything good. Uh, cool. Cool. We, there was no... Yeah, you make me awesome. want to play with my, my toy cars too, Jason, now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I have the DB5 Lego in my bookcase downstairs. I didn't want to bring that up today. Does it come mm-hmm. when you press the button? The uh, the uh, cold does it come? No, but does it come with the little two little guys, or just does the guy come out of the uh, ejector seat, or he just like pops? Can you show me? Oh, the thing? guy that comes out. Like he, he, he okay, he pops out completely. Yeah. yeah. But there's no action figure, so the only action figure I added to that was a. Uh, as a Sir Henry, Doctor Henry Jones Senior, the Indiana from Indiana Jones. I bought that Lego character from the Lego store, and then obviously that's my Sean Connery tribute. It's interesting because I know that there have been a lot of fake, like photoshopped um, Lego James Bond sets, and they look like absolutely fantastic. I'm a little surprised that the um, the official Eon branch like have they never went into that. It's because man, would that ever sell? I, I might even want it. To be honest with you, I don't know. They why. may do it now. <laughs> like, do like one of like Blofeld's layer from you only like twice. That would sell a lot. Uh, like Six hundred bucks, but 
I'd be tempted. <laughs> Depends on how big you want to make it, but yeah, the, you know what? Even kids would want to have that. You know, they should remake all the country and more movies as cartoons for kids and introduce them early. That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. Although, to be fair, you know, excuse me, I am ravaging right here. Um, the thing is. It's a good idea. I actually do like the idea, but on the flip side, how many people, man, woman, you know, discovered their first James Bond when they were really young and it still fascinated them. So it's sort of a, you know, they could do that, but I think you can still go with the actual movies. I think it still works. Um, I mean, I always wonder, like, how, I mean, I still talk with Jocelyn and other female Bond co- content creators, like, how they got introduced, because, like, my sister's not a Bond extraordinaire like we are, but. She got introduced Bond because I watched the films and played with the toys. But uh, but what about like women who didn't have brothers like that? Like I always wonder like how they got introduced to the franchise. So, and it always fascinates me because like from the answers I get, it's not never the same answer, obviously. Yeah, well, it's um actually it reminds me. I think uh, Jocelyn and uh, Melanie's Casino Royale chapters are coming out this week. They're one of the last ones to. Uh, to do chapters so that'll be that'll be interesting melanie's actually both of them are really good i took every time we got one because it went to the well complex account i would listen to it just to make sure like does this make sense did they kind of sort of do what we asked for? <laughs> and um and uh yeah jocelyn and melanie who's uh what's her instagram bird bird james bird I talk with her quite frequently so yeah or both their, frequently so yeah their chapters are they they took that thing really seriously. <laughs> it's, it's analysis with quotations and citations. It's very interesting. It'll, uh, you you'll find out this week. We find out on Monday. Um, but anything else we wanted to? Uh, oh uh, yeah, Jason. Um, we're going to be doing uh, in November. Uh, we're doing die, we're still doing Die Hard, right, uh, Matt? Mm-hmm. So we have to. Is that a Christmas special or what? That is not the Christmas. Well, I mean, it's it's our our own little personal Christmas special. All right, but I don't think we actually told you what the Christmas yeah, no, special didn't. is. Um, it's uh, well, I've quite, although you have played the game before, but anyways, it's Bond Expansion Volume Three. But instead of me and Matthew yapping on for two and a half hours, we're sort of throwing it out to the uh, to the listeners, and you all get five or two. But I, you were part of Volume Two, yeah. so. I, if you have more ideas, bring them. I'll probably uh, come up with something else. But, but yeah, I'll, I'll, well, you guys were saying you guys were going to do Die Hard and what? What's the other? Do Die Hard. We're doing License to Kill. License to Kill is oh, our license. Bond movie. Uh, Die Hard is something that will sort of sort of slide in in the December schedule somewhere. We have a guest on a Mike Reyes from I want to say Cinema Blend. Yeah. Uh, apparently he's just the biggest fan of the show. I mean, he just can't get enough of us. We had no idea about this, but That's we awesome. found out. And, and David uh, loves our show too, so. Well, David has good taste. <laughs> and uh, Kyle, Kyle loves our Kyle loves our show too. That's what he tells us. Kyle's a very sophisticated man, and um, and uh, so we were we've been back and forth with this Mike Reyes guy. And, you know, he's a Cineblend blend writer, so he's, like, very much content, content, what's hot, what's hot. And he gave us some ideas, one of which is, like, well, who could play the next James Bond? Like, oh, fuck that. Uh, I've done but that too he, many times. Yeah, yeah, fuck that shit. Uh, these other ideas were, um, well, what do, what do all these delays of No Time to Die mean as far as anticipation? What's the post of the fan base? I was like, well, that's kind of an interesting conversation. And the other one was... Um, that's a good conversation. Oh, right. Uh, continuity after Craig hangs up the Walther, because this is a extremely continuity-heavy series of movies all of a sudden. What happens after No Time to Die? I thought, oh, that's also a pretty good idea. Uh, so we'll sort of broach those two. And since we haven't done a debriefing in a couple of months, this one doesn't really count. The whole, oh, what was that Apple stuff and that Netflix stuff? We'll sort of broach that as well. And uh, so we're looking at November 20th, which is a Saturday. Um, I mean, I'm free. uh, What is it? uh, That week, November 15th and 16th, I'm going to spend the entire day watching Crown Season 4. I know you will. I know you will. I need to to finish Killing Eve. Um, I'm like two episodes in. This 
this season in the crowd we get Gillian Anderson playing Margaret Thatcher. Oh yes, I do remember seeing the trailer for that. Margaret Thatcher always. You don't need to watch the other seasons because all you need. I know the time shift, yeah, the timeline shift, but still, it's um, but uh, yeah. So keep maybe November twentieth in mind. Uh, Mike Reyes said he's he's game for November twentieth, and uh, yeah, so it's sort of gonna be a. Briefing, checking the post of no. T- I don't know. It's, it'll be a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but more a lot of it. No time to die related, and and it's true. We haven't recorded anything about the whole Apple Netflix thing. So that was well, the, me and yeah. Chris. That was the original plan for for this debriefing, and lo and behold, me and Chris Morales talked about it. Me, Chris Morales, Kyle, and because last last Saturday, Chris Morales invited me to his. Uh, Zoom birthday party at the last minute. So I was like, yeah, sure, I joined. And then we mm. talked about that deal. Oh, for sure, for sure. I miss, I remember last Saturday, it was, it was warmer, but just as nice as today. You know, I remember I went outside, I had my school book and did a little bit of reading. And I was sort of like checking wristwatch, like, oh, what time is it? When is the Zeritsky's thing? And I was like, it was the same time. I think I'm going to, I'm going to watch the replay. It's too nice, man. And it's going to be like dark in a week. So fuck that. I'm staying outside. <laughs> Um, but uh, was it was it cool? Did you guys enjoy yourselves? Uh, oh yeah, it was it was just talk, just talking a lot. And Chris is a very uh, gracious guy, as you know, he is. even for, for someone of his age already. And uh, and uh, he brought in one of the not Sean Lerwill, but the Italian trainer from who did the fitness form and because mm. you remember there were three train two or three trainers, and then one was Italian guy. Yeah, yeah, and no, I, that was. Yeah. Jockham, Jockham, that was his name. And Jockham is the personal trainer to Mark Strong. Mm. Who does is, look like he takes care of himself, to be fair. So. And Mark Strong and, and Mark Strong and Daniel Craig are like best buds. Apparently. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. Because yeah. like he, I, I forget who's who, but like one's the godfather of their daughter or something like that. I forget if it's. It's nice. And then uh. Jockham, he also said, "This is, I'm not sure if you guys knew this, but because uh, he's over the same, he's like 42, 43, and he went to he went to elementary school and high school with Katarina Marina from <laughs> Well, well, we know someone who we could tell that. Yeah, to. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, with, uh, John, John, yes, yeah. John already better. Yeah, yeah." Yeah, yeah, Jean was given a couple compliments over the phone uh, from her. That's uh, not jealous. Not jealous. Doesn't matter. Water, water off my back. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, like, because like, Jacques was like, oh yeah, Chris was contacting me. He's like, I didn't realize he was a James Bond fan. And he was like, I told Chris immediately that I went to school with Caterina Marino and I still talk to her, but she lives in Paris now. Nice. Well, the- we, we had a very good time. Uh, this is more sort of near the start of the pandemic i think but we had, a, we had a very good conversation on his show about casino royale the book we talked about the book for about oh, 20 30 minutes and it was a good time he was very very gracious host very polite young man very, really enthusiastic that was a, it was a it was a good experience and it was a good show we had a good time talking with him because like I, I talked to luke a lot because he's in my area mm. bond's, apartment. bond's apartment yeah, yeah. And, uh, the interview he did with chris was really interesting because like he's obviously 12 years younger than me so and he was born in the 2000s <laughs> Yeah. And it just makes me feel really old. Is uh, but like the way he got introduced to Bond was so much different than any of us because he's like he didn't play the video games, he didn't watch America's mm. ter- 15 Days of 007 marathon. He's like, no, the first thing I watched was Kingsman, and and they're like, oh, if you like Kingsman, you should watch James Bond, and that's how you got involved. And that's only five years ago. That's not even, that's only five <laughs> exactly. But then again, five years ago he was 15 years old. So yeah. <laughs> Spring chicken still is a spring chicken. And no, he's uh, he's going into aviation, I think. He's going to be studying yeah, aviation something. Like yeah, that. he's like a, he's going to pilot school. So. Pilot school, yeah. No, good on him, good on him. Oh wait, actually, maybe speaking of av. Hi, sorry. What the hell? Oh, let me just. Oh yeah, yes, yes. A very nice little box. I I really do like the box. It's quite nice. Uh, and so this is the Hawker Harrier. Mm. Uh, oh, I, I looked at that watch too. It's really cool. I love the fact that the dates are diagonal from the three to the six. It's really fucking awesome. Uh, and I, I'll take better pictures, but it, the the dial almost looks like um 
I know this is going to sound really weird, but you know when they lay hot new um, – not cement, but like tar oh. to make the street, and it has that cracked look? It looks like that. It's really interesting. Um, the one little complaint is the strap. It's so thick, and the the first loop is very close, so it almost – Look, it's it's aviate, so I I trust the quality. But you kind of like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to break it. I don't want to bend it too much. But you really do have to fold it to put it in that first loop. Little criticism, but it's a beautiful watch. It's it's a beautiful. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, you were so excited for it. I'll give you a sneak. I said I'll give Jason a sneak. <laughs> uh, anything else, gents? I need to go. I need to record my Casino Royale chapter. I finally, I'm, I'm a, a complaint. We will not get into the details, but. We felt sh- we shortly thereafter texting you that you did need to do your chapter. We felt fucking stupid, but that's for another day. I need but to that, record a chapter. Hey, November twentieth is a Friday this year. Was uh, it twenty first? You guys wanted to? I mean, oh, you know what? Yeah, I should have said. Well, I'm well twenty first. Let's say twenty first. I'll get in touch with Mike about uh, the twenty. I mean, I could do twentieth too, but well, I, I, yeah, I'll say James Bond complex recording. I mean, there's no Thanksgiving plans this year. Or like with friends, because obviously. Well, that's the weekend before. You guys, it's the weekend after, right? Yeah, it, it's the weekend after, but people do friends givings as groups. Right, here. right, right. But right, that's right. none of that's gonna happen this year, obviously. Right. I guess not. Uh, I Are you excited? That's a- excited for Tuesday. Oh God! I already I already submitted my ballot. Mm, I know because like I did the mail because like. I went to the courthouse and dropped it itself. And what's the uh, the survey says on your uh, for your your state with the who's, who's Michigan's gonna be the hottest state. So like, cause there's 20 electoral votes, which is significant, cause Michigan's a very diverse state. So like, politically very diverse, cause you have everything here. So um, it's leaning towards Biden, and if oh, Michigan, if he wins, if he wins, if Biden wins. Long story short, whoever wins Michigan will win the election. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, is that often the case with Michigan? Was that? Is that often the case with Michigan? Does Michigan hold that much um, swing? Uh, it, it has been in the recent years. Interesting. Because like because of the auto industry and because mm. that's where all the trades happen and mm. international forums and. Interesting. Michigan Interesting. and Wisconsin are. I think Ohio, Ohio yeah. always. Yes, the, the Ohio is brought up a lot whenever it's election night. But that I remember. It's just a big ass state. Ohio is just a big ass state. That's why. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I'm not going to start pretending that I really paid close attention to to the to the race. Uh, nor will I start pretending that I really know what each candidate's platforms are. But despite um, uh, it all, I can. I'm seeing myself on the couch in front of the TV Tuesday night, so it's like yeah, it's probably going to happen anyways. I mean, the, the only th- the only thing sad thing is uh last election 2016 uh day after election I I had a flight to Buenos Aires and I was like screw you guys I'm going to Buenos Aires and dancing yeah. tango and going to Antarctica instead but this year I can't do that because of the travel bans. Yeah, so you will have to live with the consequences of whatever happens on Tuesday night. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And again, I, I say this with the major, major caveat that I have not been following the race very closely. And I do not really know what each candidate's platforms are. But from what little that I do know, I'm not inspired by either of these two motherfuckers. Like, seriously, it's like... I will yeah, say this. Biden's though. maybe not as retarded as Trump, but it's like by this much not as retarded. Like, uh, I will say this though, thanks to you, Edgar, because something you advocate a lot is uh, obviously people within the bond community are very on the polar opposites of the political spectrum, and mm. uh, ha- you know I think this community and obviously talking with you introduced me or not introduced but really enforced the idea of being able to be close friends with people who are on the complete opposite spectrum because like i know bud west voted for trump i mean he told me because like because he's from delaware and he knows the biden's on a personal level or he he hates but the things that he tells me about biden's son which are which are very believable like biden's son's a complete tool and and i could see why he would vote for trump and i acknowledge that and because like because bud and hunter biden they're about the same age like 49 50 mm. and i was like yeah that mm. makes about sense and, and yeah. some of this 
because like I, I mean, and even with those difference, I mean, not that I'm a huge Biden supporter by any means, but uh, I will say, I mean, what I'm trying to say is like, even the Bud and I are, are different on that. I mean, I still hang out with him. I mean, him and I have good conversations, and he can. We both consider each other good friends, and and I. Oh, I, I for really, sure. I he he asked me a few months ago if it, whenever the Bond brain starts, I'm the one introducing the. He oh, wanted yeah, my yeah. voice at the start of the show. I was like, sure, buddy, you know, no problem. I, I don't know. Because like, I've been listening to a lot of his episodes, and I was like, wait a sec, is he a speaker? <laughs> and then uh, yes. and then and then when I met with him last week with Donnie, he was like, oh yeah, I got Edgar to you to record for you. I was like, I was like, I thought that was Edgar. You know, it's it's we we met for the first time at like like so many of the in Toronto that weekend, and I had fantastic. We talked baseball, we talked soccer, we talked. It's just I I really really appreciated his presence, and I was um. I think I, him. I I mean, I, there's not a single person I don't like in the punk community, but like I'd say him, John Broughton and uh. Ah, uh, John Broughton, so uh, cool. Broughton, and uh, well, he's a Star Trek fan, yeah. like you, so obviously. Yeah. But uh, what's that, what's that guy? J- uh, he's from like Upper New York. J- Jamie, J- he's like older, like guy in the sixties. Oh, Cha 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 Cha, I think. Yeah, because yeah. I always call him Joe Montana because he looks he looks exactly like. like the, yeah, he does look like Joe Montana, doesn't he? Like, like, <laughs> like Joe Montana right now, not like Joe Montana. <laughs> yeah. No, because they're the same age. Because him and Joe Montana are like both like mid 60s, so like, I, and I keep, I was like, I remember when I met him in Toronto. He's like, I was like, does anyone ever tell you that you look like Joe Montana? He's like, oh, he's like, I wish I had more money. As he doesn't, like, I never call him Jamie. I always call him Joe Montana all the time, and he he knows the joke, obviously. So it's not exactly an insult. It's Joe Montana. Yeah. Um, I mean, but guy has four super four Super Bowl rings. It's like you know the guy who's playing quarterback for him was like the easiest thing in the world. You see these guys these days. It's like, have you thrown a football before? How are you drafted? Um, anyways, I really got to take a leak and I want to eat some lunch. So uh, Matt, you have this episode? Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, I'll edit uh, this uh, show right now. As soon as we're done, I'm, I'm putting on the. the uh, I won't do the image, but I'll put it on. So if you want to write something. Sure. I'll what are you guys? Out. What are you guys gonna release this tomorrow? Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Okay. Oh, we're releasing this Wednesday. Or do you want to release it right now? I mean, figured why not? I mean, we have IRS for Wednesday, so it's like I mean, we could. I suppose we could push the. Uh, we might need to move IRS to the new year. Uh, no, would we have to? No, not necessarily. Well, the X Men's are coming up after that. Yeah, we might have to move IRS to the new year if we're gonna put this on Wednesday. It's fine. It's it, it's there. Everything's done. It can be moved. It's so all it's problem. twelve. Uh, let's let's put uh, IRS on ice. Come ça, ça nous uh, ça, ça nous fait. Si un moment il y a un épisode qui est en qui est en retard, free game. Okay. All right. Yeah. No worries. I've, so. I've been actually watching the X Men's again because they're on Disney Plus. Mm. Well, then, we have a couple of episodes coming up uh, then, mid I mean, to X, late. X2 is my, I mean, I'll say this before we go, is uh, X2 is my favorite still for many reasons. And because like I've been watching, because I finished the show Succession with Brian Cox. And mm. I've, mm. and obviously X2 is where I got introduced to Brian Cox as Colonel nice. Fult, yeah. Striker. Oh, same here. Yeah, same here. And uh, there was the year after it's the, the died out of death. Born something or other. No, it's the it's, like, it's the year before. He wasn't born in the year. Supremacy. Yeah, no, no, he's in, he's in the first born identity. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, that's true. That's but true. But he, that's he true. has a bigger part in uh, the. I remember supremacy. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like I watched X2 and I was like, that's the guy from the Born. It was more like I was watching Born Supremacy saying, that's the guy from X2. <laughs> that's I keep but thinking I will like. say this is like because I said X2 is my favorite for many reasons. Uh, I forget. Is it Elliot Graham? The editor of X-Men 2 is the editor for No Time to Die. Mm. So that's why I have I'm, full faith in No Time to Die. We'll see in um, we'll see in 2022. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's the poster. Have you seen the new poster? That's not a it's, fake. That's a real thing. It's Cinema's 2021. April's gone. Like the poster doesn't say April yeah. anymore. So I think I think what they don't. I, my thinking is uh, they didn't want to say delayed indefinitely, so they chose a date, and they're gonna move it. It's come March. That's what they're gonna do. They, they have until the poster says 2021. They have until December 31st to do what they want. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, all right, guys, 
Peace out. Ciao. It was a pleasure. Ciao.